CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. We're live at the NASDAQ market site. It is our 10-year anniversary here at Options Action. We've got a very big show for you. Here's what's coming up. Investors have been hot for Starbucks. And Carter Worth says the shares are about to perk up even higher. He'll break it down. Plus, casino stocks are on fire. But Mike Coe says one name in the bunch is about to crap out. He'll give us the trade. And it's the transports. And Dan Nathan says there's one name that could see an even bigger rally as trade tensions ease. He's got the trade. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. And we start tonight with the transports up nearly 3% today and adding to a super rally off the December lows. The IYT transportation ETF up 16% since the Christmas Eve market bottom and as stocks rise off hopes of a China trade deal. Dan here says one name in the group could go even higher. So let's get in the money right now. Dan, what are you looking at? Yeah, so I think it makes sense to be constructive on some names that you think got beaten up last year because of trade uh, worries specifically. And, you know, I want to talk about UPS here. Obviously, it's one of the biggest components in the IYT and also um, in uh, the transport uh, uh, sector in general, um, you know, this stock had a 33% peak to trough decline from the January 2018 highs that it made. It's up in line with the market off of its December lows here. Um, Interesting chart. I'll let Carter speak to it, but it caught my eye today. I know he was talking about FedEx last night. Um, You know, the stock has consolidated a little bit. It did catch a bid with the headlines yesterday and then um, again today. And I think it's important to go back and think about how this stock was traded on December 3rd after the G20 announcement when we supposedly had some sort of trade deal. So the way I think about this is that Q4 is probably not going to be great. We already saw FedEx's results in December, and it was not fantastic. Um, I think you can extrapolate that. And I think the guidance that they give when they report on January 31st is likely to continue to be murky for Q1 because there is very little clarity But there's a trade opportunity here, in my opinion here. We know that we have this March 1st deadline. It's a self-imposed deadline about further tariffs on Chinese goods. I suspect one way or another, definitely based on the news that we've gotten over the last couple of days, there will be some sort of announcement that pushes out further um, things or something that kind of works on that trade balance. That should be good for UPS. So here's the trade idea that I have. When the stock was trading at 101.5 today, the idea would be to buy a call calendar. It'd be selling a shorter dated call that catches the earnings announcement and then using the proceeds of that to buy a longer dated call in March that will capture what I suspect will be an 11th hour, some sort of kick the can down the road. But that should relieve some pressures on stocks like UPS. So here's the trade structure in particular. A stock was trading at 101. Half today, you could buy the February, March 105 call calendar, paying $1 for that, selling one of the February 105 calls at $1, buying uh, one of the March 105 calls for $2. That cost you $1. This is what you want to do. Into February expiration, you want the stock to move really close to 105. You want to have that February 105 call expire worthless. And then you own that March 105 call. And to my eye, this thing has some room to run with any good news in late February, early March above that. But I'm really trying to thread the needle here. I'm not buying the stock. I'm creating an options trade that's taking advantage of these two events. Mike in San Francisco, how do you like this trade? 
Now, I like this trade a lot for a couple of reasons. You know, the, the first thing is that going into earnings, obviously, you're going to see elevated options premium. Dan is trying to take advantage of that by selling that near dated call. Actually, the longer dated options in UPS are higher than they have been historically because the stock itself has seen a lot more volatility. But just looking at the stock itself, is it something I would want to own? I think the answer to that is yes. You know, this is a stock that over the last five years has seen a 30 percent increase in revenues. 40 plus percent increase in EBITDA and a 50 percent increase in earnings per share. And yet it's trading at a three to four turn discount to the broader market at about 14 times earnings. So if you're thinking about stocks that you probably want to own right now, this definitely would fall into that category. And I think one of the reasons is because people think that there might be headwinds coming from Amazon. But actually, I think those concerns are probably overstated. And even if there is a threat there from their own deliveries, it's probably not going to be something that happens very, very soon. Right. So, I mean, this is really identical to the FedEx uh, from last night, meaning obviously the two stocks are highly correlated and they have underperformed, have not bounced with the market and specifically relative to other industrials. What we know is that that UPS this week made a 10 year relative load to the S&P. So if you're looking for something that has catch up potential, this is as good uh, an opportunity as you could find. Yeah, so you didn't need to be watching the show for the full 10 years to kind of figure it out. But we, we hope you did. Well, we hope you did. But <laughs> the idea here is to take all these different inputs and kind of trade, you know, what's in front of us here and use options, use the higher premiums in front of earnings, like Mike just mentioned, and create trade structures. So to me, I think the likelihood that we have the stock between here and 105 and not much higher in the next couple of weeks is very good. So I want to sell that short dated premium and I want to set up to own the long one. This is an options trade. I'm not trying to catch a falling knife here, but I look at these catalysts and I think there's a good opportunity over the next month and a half. All right. Uh, we've got a news alert here. NEC Director Larry Kudlow speaking to reporters about the government shutdown moments ago. Let's get to Eamon Javers at the White House. Eamon. Yeah, that's right. Larry Kudlow actually still speaking uh, here in the White House driveway just over to my left. But I want to bring you up to speed on some of the comments that he's made so far. Kudlow saying uh, in, in response to a question about the economic impact of the government shutdown, Larry Kudlow saying uh, you are going to get a temporary glitch in the numbers in terms of the economic impact on the economy, though Kudlow insists that the economy is doing very well. Uh, uh, he also says we're going to beat 3% GDP in the fourth quarter when that number comes out. So Kudlow uh, painting a very rosy picture of the economy here, despite the fact uh, of the government shutdown. He says the president hates these stories of hardship of federal employees who are going without paychecks. He says he wants to get a deal, but he also says that he supports the president and believes he's doing the right thing uh, in terms of pushing uh, for that border wall. Uh, he says finally calmer heads will prevail ultimately. Uh, and then he was asked an interesting question, I thought, about about the debt ceiling, whether or not this negotiation over the government shutdown portends bad things for a negotiation over the debt ceiling, which is upcoming later in the year. And Kudlow suggested maybe we want to get rid of the debt ceiling altogether. He said it's very frustrating. He's been through that a number of times. And uh, that seems to indicate that we could see problems in that negotiation as well, guys. No questions yet on trade to Kudlow? Uh, no, we asked him about uh, the China tariffs issue. He said that the Chinese are, want to negotiate because their economy is weak. He says the president's in the driver's seat on that. Uh, and I asked him about uh, reports that the president supports a $1 trillion infrastructure plan, that they're working on that behind the scenes here at the White House. Uh, Kudlow, though, uh, declining to uh, confirm those reports. 
All right. Eamon, thank you. Eamon Javers with the latest from the White House. Moving on, while the year-end meltdown took down the markets, one name managed to stay above the fray, Starbucks. The stock is up more than 25 percent over the last six months and trading around 5 percent off its all-time high. And the chartmaster says shares could perk up even higher when the company reports earnings next week. So why don't you head over to the plasma partner? Break it down. Perk up, which has to do with percolating (laughs) and all sorts of good things like that. Um, Look, Imagine being down 3 or 4% in the month of December. That's a very exclusive club, and, and Starbucks managed to do that in one of the worst Decembers on record. Uh, relative strength, very impressive. Okay, Starbucks chart, no judgments, annotations by me. Let's put some in. Here we go. So, one way to do it is this, meaning that gap up right here that you see, right, that was an earnings beat. And... What the stock has done is pivoted right back, literally, to the point of the beat and has started to come to life. That's one way to draw the lines. Let's look at another way. Look where it also, not only did it come back, remember, to those tops that I drew, it also came right to support. And it has bounced here repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Another way to draw the lines would be as follows. Put in the wedge. A lot of tension. A lot of uh, reference points. My bet is, again, that this is going to be resolved up and out. Now, this is about, again, a one-year chart. Let's look at the long-term chart and put this in perspective. This goes back all the way to 2006. That also is a lot of tension. We toyed with breaking out once. We got a little bit higher again. We toyed with it again. There's a lot of tension here. The presumption is that on its next earnings, it gaps again as it did last quarter, and the stock clears all of these hurdles. I'm a buyer. All right. Carter's a buyer. Mike, what's the trade? It looks like you've got a pretty simple one here. Paraphrasing Yogi Berra, you know, there's too many Starbucks stores. Nobody goes there anymore, except, uh, of course, me, apparently. You know, it's interesting with the higher implied volatilities that we see and the higher volatility that we see in a lot of places, this is not one of those stocks uh, that we see the elevated options premium. So we can keep this trade fairly simple. I'm just looking out to April. The 65 calls were trading around $2.50. Those were very close to the at the money calls when I was looking at that. Think about that for a second, right? So you're going to be risking a relatively small percentage of the current stock price to buy a call that struck almost exactly where the stock is now. And you have quite a lot of time, about three months, for this to play out. So, you know, from my point of view, could this stock move three bucks one way or the other over the course of the next three months? That's only about 5% of the current stock price. I think it could very easily, and so I think we can keep it simple and look for opportunities to spread it if we do get a rally. Yeah, and sometimes simple just works. You know, this thing has been consolidating here. It hasn't obviously participated, um, but this, in, just in the last week and a half. And I don't really find that troubling because it's shown really good relative strength. There's a catalyst that you're identifying here. And if this thing starts to move higher back towards those prior highs, the simple trade gives you the opportunity to maybe spread it by selling a higher strike uh, call in April expiration and making a call spread. So I like this trade idea. It is simple. It's less than 4% of the stock price and you have months for it to work out. And we're talking about just the fundamental story here when it comes to uh, the earnings uh, story, Mike, right? I mean, if there is some sort of China trade deal, this is potentially a stock that could also get a little bit of a boost on the back of that given their presence in China. 
I mean, it could get a little bit of a boost on that. You know, it's it's you know, we think of this as a fairly mature business, but you know, if we're going to take a look at the fundamentals, bear in mind that this is a company that has more than doubled its EPS over the course of the last five years. It is still a growing business, even though maybe not as fast as it once did. So when you look at its you know multiple at probably 24, 25 times forward, it's justified by the kind of growth that we're seeing. And obviously, if we had a catalyst like that, that could propel it even further. Yeah, Carter and. Look, as patterns go, this is a very well-defined setup. The breakout, the pullback, the wedge, uh, all odds point to higher after its results. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. You can curl up next to the fire, read it while you're snowed in this weekend. So what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next. Investors are hitting the jackpot with casino stocks, but Mike Coe says one is about to bite the dust. He'll give us the trade. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. We're celebrating 10 years on the air and more than 50,000 Twitter followers. So all hands on deck and reach into your pocket. Grab your phone and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fast Money. Casino stocks hitting the jackpot win. MGM, Las Vegas Sands, all up double digits over the last month. And with Las Vegas Sands earnings next week, should investors keep betting on these stocks? Let's get the call to action with Mike. Mike. Yeah, so, you know, this is an interesting situation. There may be no sector that better sets up for using options than some of these names. I was looking at Las Vegas Sands. This is a stock that over the course of about three weeks plummeted a little over 20%, and then over the ensuing three weeks rallied back more than 20%. So it's obviously moving around very, very sharply. We have earnings coming up. They're essentially the first one to report. And I think one of the big unknowns for a lot of these names in Las Vegas Sands, despite the name Las Vegas, actually gets most of its revenues from Macau. And that's really the unknown story here. Now, when you're looking at options trades in something like this, we're going to take a look at a put spread. We often talk about the earnings move, and we often talk about it as a one-day move. But actually, I'm taking a look at how much this thing has typically moved in the month around earnings. And why is that? Because we just had an options expiration. The next one is going to be in February. That's going to be approximately the length of the trade. And the average move for Las Vegas Sands around earnings in that month is about 10% or more, going back about 10 years. You know, the next thing I would mention here is that this is a situation where we obviously have seen the stock rebound very sharply off of its lows. And of course, the market has done exceptionally well. But unlike some of the names we talked about earlier this show, this one isn't one that's seeing really growing revenues. And again, we do have this unknown in Macau. And then finally, of course, because of this volatility, options premiums are quite expensive. So I think the way to play this is I was looking out to February, the 57 and a half, 52 and a half put spread. I could spend $1.30 on that. That's a little over a quarter of the distance between the strikes. That's usually the number that we're looking for in these types of things. The question you have to ask yourself is, is this a stock that could, over the course of the next month, move 10% around earnings? That's typically what it does do. And I think maybe it's come a little bit too far too fast. All right. So, uh, Dan, what do you think of the, the trade? Uh, I like it. So he's defined the range in which it just kind of came back to. And so 52 and a half on the downside target makes sense. And then if you're thinking about this trade structure costing uh, just a tad more than a quarter of the width 
um, of the spread. I like that. I like targeting the event. Um, so to me, I think this makes a lot of sense. I think it's important to remember, though, when you're doing long premium trades into events, you really got to get a lot of things right to make money here. And I think what's important that Mike also said is that he's really targeting the next month, um, not just the event. So I like the way this thing sets up. I mean, here's the thing. Action this week was not impressive. LVS, Win, MGM, they all underperformed the market. That's not what you would want as a setup uh, going into earnings. I think this is a dull group, and I'd rather take my shots elsewhere on the long side. Yeah, and obviously we were talking about the China trade war. These groups in general, Mike, um, really unduly, inf- not unduly, they are influenced by what is going on uh, with every headline. Yeah, I mean, and actually this isn't, you know, it's not the trade war is not the only headline. You know, one of the things that really hit these casino stocks in Macau was that they were putting a lot of pressure on VIPs and and really they've had to look for alternate sources of revenues. And they're basically trying to go to sort of a mainstream gambler that has higher margins, but much lower revenues. So, you know, it's a real question mark whether or not that's actually going to translate to a better bottom line for them as they try to transition after seeing basically pressure from China to prevent a lot of the VIPs going over there and some of the admittedly sketchy things that were going on around that. All right, still ahead. Netflix falling after turnings report last night and after a nearly 30% rally in just the first few weeks of the year. Is there a bigger drop ahead? We'll explain. We're live from the NASDAQ in Times Square. Much more options action right after this. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at a couple of our open trades. Last week, Dan said Netflix's run might be coming to an end. The stock is up 45% since Christmas Eve. It's up 26% on the year. And I think it's important to note that this company or this stock actually topped out way back in late June and had a 45% peak to trough decline there. You could buy the February 330, 270 put spread paying 15 bucks for that. Well, the stock was lower on the back of earnings today, but still higher since the time of the trade. So, Dan, what do you do? So, interestingly, the stock closed last Friday at 338. This week, it closed at 339. This uh, put spread, which was $60 wide, cost $15. That was a quarter of the width of the spread. Um, And now... With the event out of the way, the option premiums have come in and the stock is at the same spot, but we've lost one week and we've lost extrinsic value because of the earnings event. And now it's worth a little more than $10. So here's, we, we say this all the time, guys, and we really need you to focus on this. I mean, when you have a long premium trade go below 50% of what you paid for, it, depending upon how much time is left, the probability dramatically increases that it becomes a total loser. So at some point between now and maybe like seven, seven and a half dollars, you got to make a decision to cut this trade and move on. Next on the uh, look back list, last week, Mike and Carter bet financials could fall on the heels of big bank earnings this week. When you're in a downtrend and you walk along a line, once you break that line, rallying back to said line is an inherently difficult level. I'm a seller of XLF. Hedge your bets a little bit. I was looking at the March 24, 22 put spread. You could buy those March 24 puts for about 67 cents when I was looking at these earlier today. Sell the 22s against it for 22 cents. The XLF ending the week up around 6%. Mike, uh, you have some time for this to play out, so what do you do? 
Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, Goldman Sachs kind of blew this trade up for us this week. But, you know, and I like what Dan is saying. When you have these trades and they go against you a little bit, you do need to figure out how to stop yourself out. Here's the thing, though. This trade right now, if we sold it, we paid 45 cents for it. It's worth about 12. I'm not going to sell a $2 put spread for 12 cents in this market. Thank you very much. So I'm going to stick with this. We still have a little bit of time to play out. And if this rally comes a little undone, this may yet pay off. Carter? I mean, that's right. Obviously, so this is what the word drubbing is all about, or walloping, or beating, uh, or battering. We got uh, murdered, right? Straight up, the bet was short. But at this point, um, you just hang in and see if you can get some relief. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Breaking news out of Washington. Let's get to Kayla Tausche for more. Kayla. Melissa, a tweet from the president just a few moments ago saying that he will be making a major announcement concerning the humanitarian crisis on our southern border and the shutdown. The president tweets that that announcement will be coming from the White House tomorrow at 3 p.m. It's unclear exactly what this announcement will be. We're efforting, efforting more details on that. But you'll remember he stopped short of declaring a national emergency uh, over funding for the border wall, saying that that would be the easy way out, that this should be decided by Congress. We'll see what he decides to say and what he decides to do next tomorrow at 3 p.m. Yep. Melissa. Kayla, thank you. Kayla Tausche from Washington. All right, let's uh, squeeze in one tweet here. It's from our line producer, Bree, who says, Happy 10-year anniversary. Yes, it is our 10-year anniversary here on Options Action. So she asks, what was your first options trade? Mike, do you remember? I do. I bought some puts on an insurance company while I was in college. Many thanks to a tip from my roommate at the time, and that's what got me started in this business. Wow. What a start. Uh, Dan. <laughs> you know, I was probably like you guys at home. I was an equity trader, and I was trying to get leverage, and I used options a lot, and I did it very poorly until I figured out uh, the, the rules to the game here. You know, uh, mine was, it was a tractor company. Massey Ferguson bought calls. The market is one of the few places where first you get the exam, then you get the lesson. You learn after the mistakes you make. But it is amazing to think that 10 years ago, we started this show about options trading and who thought that it would be in existence today and as popular as ever. I did not think so. <laughs> Max Myers did. <laughs> That's right. Max Myers does get some credit. Time now for the final call here. Let's go around the horror. And Mike Coe, what do you say? April 65 called Starbucks. <laughs> Carter. Starbucks and have some gold too. GLD. Dan Nathan. Uh, yeah, we got to give shout outs to Max Myers um, and wait, Amanda Diaz. How did we forget Amanda Diaz? They've been amazing uh, producers. Yeah, so to me, I, UPS, I think this thing sets up as a kind of thread the needle trade over the next two months. All right, that does it for us here on Options Action on our 10 year anniversary. We'll see you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time with plenty more trades. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. Have a great weekend. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.